Much better. So much better than that long, drawn-out, epic series of words that I used to use for an intro. This fits the vibe a little bit better. What's up, everybody? I'm TJ from Just Plain Filthy and the Indie Movement. And today we have a fun, fun show for you. I've been watching a lot of wrestling since the last episode. A lot of action wrestling. A lot of Limitless wrestling, some Scenic City, but mostly our main topic tonight, Chikara Pro. Recently found out just how much Chikara Pro is on IWTV, and I've just been binge-watching and revisiting some of my favorite matches and feuds, and I'm having the time of my fucking life. So we're definitely going to dive into that. Also, just like every episode going forward, we're going to give you three events that i feel you guys should check out whether it's attending it live whether it's ordering it for iPay-Per-View, or whether it's looking for it on iwtv once that shit drops i feel you're gonna have one hell of a time so without further ado let's start the show morning is starting off pretty fucking solid i got breakfast right here got some hash browns got some juice got some peanut butter toast Shit's all in my beard, though. I look gross as fuck. <laughs> but I'm living my best life. Dude, some great fucking wrestling has been going up on IWTV and being promoted all over social media. I want to get into that shit. So, um, first off, action wrestling, bro. Action wrestling has been killing it. For the last couple months. And it's only been elevated since AC Mack got that title. Because the last show, fucking, I think it was called Action Movements. I don't remember what the actual show was called in full. I just remember the tag at the top of the screen. But that show was bonkers. I had two really good matches that stood out to me. Now first off with this event, opened with a beautiful tag team match between the Skulk and suplex science the skulk coming out jamming out to their music creating a whole fucking vibe but being the biggest dickheads that you can imagine just picking out multiple people from the crowd and pissing them all off to the point where there was an old man in the front like there always is it's fucking southern wrestling and he was like i'm gonna kick your ass i'm gonna kick your ass and they're like bring it asshole bring it bring it and he's like oh somebody hold my back and not that to that extent but like that's the vibe it was giving off uh they created such a hostile atmosphere everybody wanted to kick their ass everybody was booing him which just helped out so much from when suplex science came out to the power rangers intro both wearing power rangers helmets and that place just erupted as far as the match goes, Suplex Science does what Suplex Science does. They put on submissions, they crank your body left and right. That sounded dirty. I apologize. But they put you in various submission holds. They really stretch out your body. And they lay the strikes in, they lay the strikes in, they lay the strikes in. They wear you down for those submissions. And then just, man, Alex Kane, man. 
Think of a fucking suplex. And Alex Kane probably does like two of those in a match. The dude's got like hundreds of suplexes that he knows, apparently. And it will just bust him out and throw you to the fucking moon. Alex Kane is the man. I've said it before, I believe. I've said it on other podcasts. I know that for a goddamn fact. And I'm going to say it here. Alex Kane is the goddamn man. But I was cheering for Alex Kane and Damian Tangra the entire fucking match. Because those dudes kick ass. And it looked like they were about to get the win. Damian Tangra had an STO on, I believe his name is Adrian Alanis. I don't really know them individually. I know them as the Skulk. So he had an STO on him. And it was like, oh shit, he could potentially tap. But he managed to get his his whole body out and get Damian Tangra dismounted from him. And I was like, okay, well, let's see what happens. Is he going to get some offense? Are we going to see some fucking swinging? We did not. We saw a guillotine choke, which also looked like could be the end for Adrian Alanis. He ended up lifting him off the mat, sort of deadlifting him, showing off his power. He held him up in the air, and Liam Gray comes flying off the top with some weird sort of like backpack double team DDT thing. I don't know what they call it. I don't know what it is exactly, but it was effective as the skulk picked up the win, and I was upset. But you can't get too upset, because it was a solid as fuck match. And as long as the match kicks ass, really what's there to complain about? A couple matches later, though, the Skulk make their presence known once again, as Dominic Garini was in a match against Jaden Newman, after Jaden Newman just completely disrespected one of his trainees, And Dominic Garini is like, nah, fuck this. I'm interjecting myself. He gets involved and a match ensues. The whole entire match is essentially, oh, you think you're good? Well, I'm better. Anything you can do, I can do just as good, if not better than you. And it was a solid technical match. Lots of strikes like before. It's it's a Dominic Garini match. Somebody's going to get their ass kicked. Shout out Mark Henry. But Jaden Newman... Man, Jaden Newman is, I know it's a really bad thing to say because I fucking hate when people say this, but Jaden Newman might just be my favorite heel on the independence. I know having a favorite heel kind of defeats the purpose of being a heel. You don't want fans, but just the way he does his shit, I can't help but respect it. Because in the match, he tries to hook in this hangman's clutch that apparently he's been putting people away with for a while and he didn't get it the first time he wears Dominic Garini down it looks like he could potentially put him out in a couple in a couple of different spots in the match Dominic Garini starts getting the upper hand and here's where the scope comes in the scope comes in they interject when the referee is not paying attention and they fucking rag him they put a rag of chloroform over his mouth and make him pass out to which Jade Newman wakes up the referee and then scurries back over to Dominic Garini to hook in the hangman's clutch to make it look like he just passed out because of pain. Fucking genius. Jade Newman gets the win. Ishiban remains number one. Fear the hangman's clutch, whether you are fully healthy or drugged like a motherfucker. 
Because apparently that is a match ender. And because of the whole ragging situation, uh, the card had to get moved around. Originally, the IWTV match was supposed to be the main event, and the action wrestling match was supposed to be next. Kevin Koo had to tend to his partner, so they switched it all around. But later on in the night, the main event, the impromptu main event, was Eric Royal, the action wrestling champion, versus Kevin Koo, the partner of Dominic Garini. And man, I, I always forget just how fucking good Eric Royal is. Because I don't see him anywhere else besides action wrestling. I don't dabble too, too much in the Southern Independence. So I'm, I'm a little unfamiliar. But, like, his entrance, complete vibe. His look, complete vibe. In his matches, he is a powerhouse and he will shut a motherfucker down. I am a fan. And how can you not be a fan of Kevin Koo? The fucking alternative like tattooed badass that'll kick your face any which way love that shit and the match was solid as fuck the match overall wrestling wise best match on the card there was a solid like minute and a half in this match that i was just like yo like every five seconds Kevin Koo's got Eric Royal in the corner. He's delivering like a fucking violence party. Chop, kick, chop, kick, chop, kick. And then he goes and goes on the offensive even more. And he gets more shit. And then he goes for a tiger suplex, but he does not connect. And Eric Royal throws him to the ropes and connects with a beautiful black hole slam. And just not, not even really a black hole slam, like a black hole style backbreaker. Which got me to go, holy shit. And it didn't stop from there. As Kevin Coos just like holding his back and really in pain, really selling everything, Eric Royal just goes to the corner and pulls down his knee pad. Looks like he's going to put him away for good. He runs at him. He tries to connect with a knee. Kevin Koo gets out of the way and then just throws him over the top rope. Kicks him in the face. He falls to the outside. And then he just kind of like does a weird sliding through the bottom and middle rope. And just connects with like a kick to the gut. It's like a weird slide through the ropes. Knocking him down to the floor. And then as soon as he lands on his feet from that sliding attack. Just continues to kick the living shit out of Eric Royale. I just realized I've been calling him like Royal and Royal. And then sometimes I go Royale. I'm annoying myself. But the two ended up on the ring apron, which, as we all know, is the hardest part of the ring. And they went to war. Chop, 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 chop. Everybody! And Eric Royal pretty much got his nipple chopped off because it was chop after chop after chop and then lightning chops straight to the man titties. And Eric Royal was not having it. He's like, Psh, take my nipple. The fuck you will. Runs at him, hits him with the Kobe, head slamming off the apron. It's equal now on equal playing fields at this moment. Finish is coming up and damn. Once the action got back to the ring, Kevin Koo locked on a mean single leg crab, pretty much bending the leg of Eric Royal to touch the back of his head. He was like, why are you hitting yourself? Why are you hitting yourself? Just bending his foot to touch the back of his head. And there's no way you can hold on with that. Eric Royal tapped out. And your new action wrestling champion is Kevin Koo. Kevin Three Belts. And yo, like, 
Action Wrestling fucking killed it. Limitless Wrestling also killed it. Uh, one of the matches that got me extremely intrigued was the match between Anthony Green and Rat Daddy. I did not know who Rat Daddy was. I know who a lot of people are. I did not know who Rat Daddy was. I looked at the video package they showed for him, and I was like, yo, I am in love with this character. This character is essentially Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny, if he had a little bit more money. And I'm fucking down with it. And then he comes out, he comes out to push a tee in a stained fur coat that has like a rat tail painted on the back of it with golden grills. And the crowd just does not know what to make of it. And apparently him and Anthony Green have something going on or they were going to and then the world kind of shut down and fucked that up. But now he's in Limitless Wrestling and he's facing the New England God, Anthony Green. And I, w I was fucking ready for it. So I did not know what to expect for uh, Rat Daddy as far as wrestling goes. It showed in his entrance package thing that they did he's very proficient with super kicks he can fly a little bit and he can do a really good drop kick so i figured that's probably the basis of his whole offense in this match they didn't get to show too much until the end he got his ass kicked for about 90 percent of the match but he did a great great job at showing that he is crafty that he can sell and that he's good at like creating an environment. He he did really really well at showcasing that he's a he's a grimy, underhanded, kind of untrustworthy kind of guy, and that really helped. Uh, towards the end of the match, after like a solid ten minutes of him getting his ass kicked, he went to try to take off the turnbuckle. He looked like a feral animal. He's like rah, 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 trying to rip at it. Referee pushes him aside. I'm going to fix it. And then the referee ended up getting in the way of the uh, the finisher, I forgot what the name of it is, that Anthony Green was going for. He was about to run off the the turnbuckles, but the referee was in the way, which gave like another two, three seconds to Rat Daddy to really capitalize on it. So he got him out of the way, went, jumped off the, the turnbuckles, but got thrown over. By Rat Daddy. Rat Daddy connects with a beautiful super kick. One, two, three. Rat Daddy with the surprise victory. I don't know what this means for him in Limitless Wrestling, but that was a pretty solid match. Everybody did what they needed to do. A star was possibly made. The ending was really well done. I'm a fan of Rat Daddy. But those handful of matches were the only things that really stuck out to me. Everything else. Pretty much what I expected. Everything that I watched this week was very, very good. Action killed it. Limitless killed it. I even dabbled checking out Scenic City Wrestling for the first time. They did really good. Eric Royal putting in work again. AC Mack putting in work again. Such good shit. But the reason why I'm here today... Hell, the reason why I'm so immersed... In independent wrestling today is because of this other company. A company that started back in 2002. Growing up, I was a big fan of superheroes and comic books. 
I would watch Batman animated series, the X-Men animated series on Fox, all that shit. Got introduced to WCW and WWF, and then CZW, and then I found this, which blend my love of wrestling and comic books and superheroes and all that stuff, a real escape from reality, great wrestling, great storytelling, family-friendly, all the good shit that you want in wrestling, Chikara Pro had. And Jakara Pro had my fucking heart and soul for so long until they kind of just went away in 2020 from a couple reports, some bad publicity, and also lack of funding from what I heard. But somebody brought up Chikara the other day on social media. I think it was Twitter. And somebody said, Chris Jericho needs to bring out the J-Cup Chris Jericho. And I'd love to see that battle the War King, Eddie Kingston. The Eddie Kingston from Chikara in regards to their AEW Revolution match. And as the match started, I looked at it. And the more I watched, the more that was very much what was going down. Eddie Kingston came out, gave no fucks. Just came out, dropped his stuff, ring the bell, partner. And then just beat the dog piss out of Chris Jericho for a good chunk of that match. It really just put into my head just how fondly I remembered Chikara Eddie Kingston. And everything that Chikara put forth during that time of him being like grand champion and what led up to it. Like I didn't think of that before but I was like wait all these people in AEW currently all dabbled in Chikara. All had great runs in Chikara. Eddie Kingston, their first grand champion. Like, I need to rewatch some of these things. So I was rewatching High Noon. I was rewatching Under the Hood. I even thought back to the 2014, I believe it was 2014, um, Pro National Pro Wrestling Day, where they announced their comeback and how how emotionally that touched me. Like Chikara is such a good company, and I want definitely want to talk about it. It's crazy what you can do when Mike Quackenbush is at the helm. The guy is a fucking wrestling genius. And he's in control of, like, maybe 20 very, very talented people and just, like, a box of masks. Because later finding out after everything closed down that, like, a lot of the time... He and all the other people on the roster would just change attire and change masks. And boom, another character was born. Like, some really fucking weird characters. Like, current wrestler Avery Good, a.k.a. a very good professional wrestler, did, like, a breakfast character, did create a character, was Dash or Hatfield, and I think he played, like, two other people. Which blew my mind. And then later on we find out that Mike Quackenbush himself played a couple people. And all those people were drastically different. Everybody was so good in Chikara. Chuck Taylor played multiple people. Orange Cassidy played himself and multiple people. And then we had the birth of stars like Tracy Williams. Who played multiple people. People who are now in WWE. 
wore masks and dressed up like different characters on the regular, getting booked all the time at Chikara, and nobody knew who they were yet. But they were putting on match of a lifetime and putting on fucking banger after banger in Chikara. And that's going to say something for both the company, the fan base, the passion, and Mike Quackenbush for having the vision to do all of this. When I think of Chikara, I think the story of Eddie Kingston becoming the first grand champion. How much it meant to him. How he had to face Mike Quackenbush at the end of that round robin tournament to get that title in honor of his friend Larry Sweeney. And it got presented to him by his friend and his brother in a very, very emotional moment where the whole roster of Chikara surrounding the ring for what was, I think, like a 20-minute match. Beautiful selling, beautiful storytelling. The strikes hit hard. The submissions were creative. Every single thing made sense, was impactful, and helped build the story. At the time, that year, I think that might just have been match of the year. And up until, like, maybe the last five years, because we've had a lot of extremely good matches the last five years, I would say that Mike Quackenbush versus Eddie Kingston from High Noon in Chikara would give any match a run for its money up until that point. Because I, there's not a single bad thing besides the first maybe two minutes being a little slow. After that two minutes, we are off to the races. Everything is unfuckwithable. Eddie Kingston selling his knee. That promo that happened before the match saying that the doctors told him, don't wrestle. You have an MCL tear. You're going to hurt yourself permanently. And he says, I'm done letting people down. I'm here to, to get my moment. I'm here to win this for Larry. This means more to me. And he's crying Shades of the AEW Jericho promo that happened like 11 years later. But beautiful passion from Eddie Kingston. And Mike Quackenbush pulling some heel maneuvers out of his book. Did not think that. He's a squeaky clean baby face for as far as I'm concerned. Match was insane. I think that match. I think the storytelling and whole feud between Tim Donst and Hollow Wicked. Just... The whole thing involving the Young Lions Cup. The mask versus hair. The promo after promo after promo. The always wanting to get at each other. The matches that they had together. On paper, I never would have thought they would have as much chemistry as they do. But anytime they're in the ring together. Tag team match, three-way match, singles match, whatever. It was beautiful. And if a rematch of that ever happened again nowadays... I mean, they're both still in the game. They're both putting out amazing work. I would definitely buy a pay-per-view for that alone. Hell, bring back the Chikara Young Lions Cup. Put it in the corner as a prop. Get that nostalgia going. Have something be like, you know what? If you win, if you finally beat me for this, we can erase the history books. You can have this. And it's like, I never won it. You never lost. And then he loses yet again. Damn you, Hollow Wicked. Damn you, evil spooky boy. Something that Chikara did really, really well is they built stories. They built stories. They built baby faces. They built heels perfectly. 
and they didn't they never really used any of the normal tropes you don't have like eddie kingston coming outside be like you know what fuck your mother anything like that no they didn't swear they didn't use any provocative things they they just let body language speak passion speak anger speak in-ring stuff you want you want a guy to go over as a heel distract the referee kick him in the nuts roll him up pull the tights turn his mask around slap him around all that stuff always works gets the crowd hyped cheating they're gonna call it out the crowd's always invested i there's just not enough things that i can say about chikara i know i'm talking fast and i apologize chikara was on a roll it showed no signs of stopping they brought in new people after new people they developed new characters they evolved ones that were there for a while they created new teams they even had like a split in the roster where the good guys and the bad guys pretty much had their own factions the chikara originals that were the good guys and then this evil team that tried to shut down chikara for good for what reason, might you ask? I have no idea. Why would you want the company that employs you and pays you to be out of business? That's the only thing that doesn't really make sense in my eyes. But it came to a point where the bad guys were starting to win. The bad guys were starting to win. The security starting to crack down more and more. And then overall, the giant conglomerate that owned everything shut down Chikara. And they told a beautiful story. The company was coming to a close. They don't think it's ever going to come back. They had these videos going out where they're trying to reach out to roster members that they feel could help and try to see if there's something they can do to bring Chikara back to the people. It went on for like a year, like a solid year of just YouTube videos, website videos, little things on Facebook and Twitter. They're just telling a story. All this story is talking about is the comeback of Chikara. They're going to tell a couple matches here and there. They did pop-up wrestling shows in fields and at schools under a different name so that this company that shut them down is not going to find out. It was kind of secret shows for all the really die-hard Chikara fans, which that's amazing. I, I absolutely love that. If I was going to shows around that time, I would have bought in and gave them all my money. Just be like, I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help. I would have bought in, suspended disbelief, because I have no idea what's going on. I didn't at the time. I didn't know how deep it ran until everything came back to fruition. And then here comes National Pro Wrestling Day. Either 2013 or 2014. I don't remember which one it was. But they had a whole entire show. And they do every single year. Jakar is usually the people that put it on. And the whole thing started like first match. Rudo, babyface. You know, your normal stuff. And then we got a couple cool matches. And there's like videos that are happening throughout the night. And then they showed this whole thing of Archibald Peck lost somewhere in parts unknown. And 3.0 goes... And they go searching for Archibald Peck. And they find him with a beard, grown, uh, growing a beard in this little cabin in Parts Unknown. It's a very snowy tundra area. And Archibald Peck says, I know how to time travel. 
I feel like I can fix this whole entire thing. And then it just kind of gives you a cliffhanger. And at the very end of the whole entire show, we have like 16-man team versus 16-man team. The baby faces versus the Rudos. And the Rudos, the bad guys, are about to take this whole entire thing. They are about to end Chikara once and for all until the bay doors open. The garage doors open. And in comes a DeLorean. Smoke fills the area. The doors open. It's Archibald Peck and 3.0. The crowd goes apeshit. They come in. They lead Chikara to defeat the, ba the bad guys in this whole scenario. Icarus pulls out a paper at the end of the match, giving the new date out of the comeback of Chikara. This whole entire thing has just been a plan to rebrand Chikara, build new stories, get people invested again. They are coming back. The when, when, when I was watching this whole thing, sorry, I'm getting a little choked up. When I was watching this whole thing transpire, I watched National Pro Wrestling Day on my phone at the public library from start to finish. I spent like four hours in that library, in the corner, watching this happen. Totally invested. Trying to cheer, but not be too loud because I'm in a library. The moment Archibald Peck and 3.0 came back, that was like a multi-month story. I started crying because I knew very well what could happen. They bring back Archibald. They bring back 3.0. They come back. They lead the army. They face off against the bad guys. The teams get even bigger. The bad guys go down. Chikara's coming back at You Only Live Twice. And I am literally in this corner ugly crying because the thing that brought me so much happiness in my life, my true escape from the outside world, it was coming back, and I thought for sure that it was dead. And the fact that a company like Chikara can evoke such emotions with their fans through insanely good storytelling, interaction, use of your facilities, and just long-term storytelling is just crazy. And I don't think that Chikara gets the respect that it deserves from wrestling fans nowadays. They never truly got their flowers, and a lot of people just got hung up on the fact that it kind of ended and put a bad taste in people's mouth towards the tail end, but not how much it meant to people when it was happening, how much it meant to the world of pro wrestling, and how many of your favorite stars would not be here today if it wasn't for Chikara Pro. So I just wanted to talk about them for a little bit, give a little bit of uh, insight to how much it means to me, some of my favorite moments in Chikara Pro. And ended on that. As we come to a close, I'm going to do the same thing that I do every episode of the Indie Movement Podcast. And I'm going to give you three shows that are coming up very soon that I think you will absolutely love. So let's get to it. So first off, we have a great event called Jack of All Trades by WrestleRave out of Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas has been booming with independent wrestling and WrestleRave has been very, very supportive of the indie movement and we will support them back because this show 
This show looks fucking stacked. Like, first of all, we have Aaron Mercer defending his title against T-Ray. You have AEW Darks and Beyond Wrestling and Game Changer Wrestling star Janai Kai versus Rache Chanel. Uh, you have Dante Leon, who we just did a video about. Dante Leon versus ROH Original Deranged. That's going to be a great fucking uh, junior heavyweight match. Uh, then we're going to have Brian Keith, the fucking man. Brian Keith versus Merck. And champion Ryan Davidson versus the very, very talented ASF. So that's going to look fucking sick. It is March 19th, so next Saturday, not tomorrow, the one after that, at 7122 Avenue B, Houston, Texas. Going to be a great fucking show. If you can get there, get there. If you can buy it, buy it. Just find a way to watch it. Next up, we have AAW Pro with a show March 19th as well. This one should be available on Fight. Uh, if you're seeing it live, just know front row sold out. Front row stage is sold out. But everything else, second row, second row stage, third row, standing room only, all those still remain. So if you want to go see it, there's still some room. Uh, AAW Pro presents Epic, the 18-year anniversary event. March 19th, the Logan Square Auditorium in Kedzie, Chicago, Illinois. This is going to be fucking sick because Ace Steel faces off against Davey Vega. Shane Hollister, one of my favorite independent wrestlers of all time, faces off against Stephen Wolf. The team of ACH and Jossie face off against The Hustle and The Muscle. Gringo Loco versus Myron Reed versus Gnarls Garvin versus Braden Lee. That's going to be insanely cool. Uh, Sky Blue faces off against Christy James. That's going to be incredible. And Matt Fitchett defends his AAW World Heavyweight Championship against Schaff. And last but certainly not least, we have a great, great event from... Uh, GCW called Devil in a New Dress. Right now announced, they have Joey Janela versus Dark Sheik, Minoru Suzuki versus Mike Bailey, and Bandito versus Nick Wayne. Also scheduled to show up is Biff Busick, the Second Gear Crew, Swerve, and Bussy. This is going to be happening on April. 10th and taking place at the midway in san francisco california i don't know any of the things for tickets but i do know that it will be streaming live on fight tv should probably be about 15 dollars. that's usually the area that they have their streams priced at so definitely worth the money the three matches that they announced are worth the 15 dollars. so definitely check that out um thank you for listening hopefully you can check out any of those events hopefully you enjoyed this episode uh i got a little emotional towards the end i apologize i love that shit so much but uh if you enjoyed it definitely check out the podcast every other friday right here 
on Spotify and Anchor and everywhere else you get your podcast. But the Fridays that we are not rolling, the Just Plain Filthy podcast is rolling where we talk pro wrestling, we talk music, we talk movies, pop culture, everything. And sometimes we even get a little, let's just say, in your face about shit. But everybody loves the shade, everybody wants to smoke, so who the fuck cares? Check us out on Twitter at Indie Movement. That's Indie with a Y, spelled incorrectly. I-N-D-Y Movement underscore. Check us out on Instagram and on Twitter and on Facebook at The Indie Movement, spelled incorrectly. And check us out on the Just Plain Filthy website, justplainfilthy.com. So hopefully you had a fun time. And thank you for listening. Have a great day.